Hi, everyone. Welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on hold in the United States after people who got it also developed blood clots. Jonathan Wozen has the story. Then we'll talk to a high school junior about what it's like to be back in the classroom for the first time in over a year. First, the news. A fugitive suspected of shooting at law enforcement within the last month was shot and killed by SWAT officers Tuesday morning following an overnight standoff in downtown San Diego. Christopher Templo Marquez, who was 36, had been holed up in a dumpster at San Diego High School for about 11 hours, according to the San Diego police. Officers opened fire, believing he was about to shoot the woman who was in the dumpster with him. She was not injured. San Diegans paid more for most items from food to gasoline than just about anywhere in the nation during the pandemic. That's according to federal statistics released Tuesday. From March 2020 to March 2021, prices increased 4.1% in the San Diego metropolitan area, said the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index. That outpaces the nationwide average of 2.6% and most metro areas studied by the Bureau. The United States Mint plans to issue a quarter that commemorates the late Sally Ride. Sally Ride became the first American woman to travel in space and later served on the UC San Diego faculty. Ride and the late writer Maya Angelou will appear on separate coins as part of the new American Women Quarters program. The Mint says it will issue up to five different coins per year beginning in 2022. The honor is limited to people who are no longer alive. The Johnson & Johnson single-dose coronavirus vaccine has come to a halt in the United States. That's after six women ages 18 to 48 developed serious blood clots after getting the shot. Nearly 7 million Americans have gotten the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. That's about one person per million who have been vaccinated against the coronavirus. San Diego County has paused the use of the vaccine effective immediately Tuesday. Reporter Jonathan Wozen has more. Jonathan, can you tell us more about the complications these women faced? And, and is it known for sure that the vaccine caused these uh, this condition? Yeah, so I can tell you a little bit. So we're talking about six people, six women who received the vaccine and, and roughly six to 13 days after they got their shot, um, evidently were showing signs and symptoms of uh, blood clotting in the vessels that drain blood from the brain and I was talking with a physician at UC San Diego who said that you know, these are extremely rare cases of blood clots. Sometimes uh, they can present with stroke type symptoms because you get uh, a backing up of blood in the brain. You can, um, you know, and, and the FDA and CDC have also put out a statement calling on anyone who gets the vaccine and, and then has a severe uh, headache or um, significant you know, pain in their leg, shortness of breath, that kind of thing, to just let their uh, healthcare provider know. So they didn't get into the exact details of these six people and what symptoms they they, uh, experienced, but based on the advisory note they put out today, we can sort of infer that it was some combination of headache, abdominal pain, leg pain, shortness of breath within one to two weeks of getting the vaccine. Have we seen any adverse reactions locally? Well, we have no idea if any of those six women were here in San Diego. 
Uh, frankly, a very small number of doses have been administered here. The county told me just earlier today that about 57, almost 58,000 people have gotten the Johnson Johnson vaccine here in San Diego. That adds up to about 2.8% of all doses that have been registered in the, in the county's immunization registry. So it, it's a relatively small piece of the vaccine rollout in San Diego so far. Well, we are definitely and still are expecting more doses to come in the next few weeks and, and beyond that. Uh, but we don't have any indication of whether or not any of these people were here in San Diego. We also don't know, although it seems unlikely that um, anyone participating in the Johnson Johnson clinical trial here in the, in the county, and we have a, at least a couple hundred people who are part of that trial, have dealt with these kinds of symptoms that, that hasn't been uh, reported so far. What did the county have to say about suspending the vaccine? They basically just said they were following you know, the, the guidance of federal and state regulators. So the state's public health department made an announcement today. The FDA and CDC made an announcement today. And so the county was essentially following in, in lockstep with the state and federal government and saying that uh, they would you know, be waiting for further guidance from uh, those different agencies around how to proceed with the vaccine. Okay, so the Food and Drug Administration says, you know, they're pausing this, but the pause could be over in a matter of days. What are they going to be looking for um, during that time? Right, so one important thing they'll be looking at, and this is true with all vaccine adverse events, is whether or not they think the vaccine is even responsible for these symptoms, for these blood clot uh, reactions that some people had. It, it's possible that, you know, these are the kinds of things that you would expect regardless of whether or not these people have gotten the shot. So, you know, one out of every million, how does that compare to the general rate of blood clots among unvaccinated people? They'll, they'll be looking at that. They'll be looking at the medical histories of, uh, of these six women and if there's anything, you know, genetically or medically that would predispose them to developing uh, blood clots. And if that's the case, that may affect recommendations going forward around you know, what people should get the vaccine, what people uh, maybe should still get the vaccine, but may need some additional additional monitoring or, or just need to let their uh, physician know. So they'll, they'll be looking at, you know, how strong the link is, if it's real, and uh, based on those answers, whether that should change the guidance around how to use this vaccine going forward. What does this mean for the timeline of getting San Diegans vaccinated? Uh, you know, California is supposed to reopen June 15th. Um, you know, is that expected to slow anything down? Yeah, that's a good question. So Johnson & Johnson had already had some issues with supply before we started talking about uh, this possible side effect linked to the vaccine. And so, you know, we, we were told last week to expect that the number of doses from Johnson & Johnson would go down quite a bit this week as well as next week and, and maybe beyond that. So, you know, we weren't expecting that many doses, relatively speaking, come in from Johnson & Johnson in the state of California um, or nationwide. Uh, but this is still a vaccine that, that's useful and that, you know, I think public health officials were expecting would play an important role in helping to get as many people as vaccinated as quickly as possible. This is also the only one-shot vaccine we have right now. So for people who don't want to come back for a second dose or maybe would have a hard time 
coming back three or four weeks later uh, is the particularly important vaccine. It's also an important vaccine globally because we have more data for Johnson & Johnson than we do for Moderna and Pfizer about how well that vaccine works against the South Africa and Brazil variants of, of the coronavirus. So uh, it's definitely something that is important globally and, and was gonna factor and probably still will factor into the state and local vaccine rollout. Uh, but I think the obvious concern here is that even if the federal government says, okay, you can begin administering the vaccine again, people might still be a little nervous or hesitant. So we'll have to see you know, how that messaging is handled in the days ahead. And is, is this going to be you know, a huge deterrent for people who were already skeptical about the vaccine? It could be. I mean, you know, there was already, I think, a bit of hesitancy around Johnson Johnson vaccine just because the the numbers, the overall efficacy numbers, effectiveness numbers, you know, on paper are a bit lower. I think seventy two percent overall compared to you know, ninety five or ninety four point five percent for Moderna and Pfizer. So, and, and there's some big caveats that come there, like the fact that the Johnson Johnson vaccine was tested. Uh, at a point in time when these different coronavirus variants were already widespread and it was tested in countries where we knew that those variants were uh, a significant share of new cases. So it was, you know, tested later and tested, uh, you know, differently. So, but, but I think just on paper, people were already a little bit hesitant around that. So then when you add to that, yeah, this, uh, the reports around these, these rare side effects, um, yeah, that, that's definitely a real concern that people will not be as comfortable getting the vaccine going forward. Now let's turn to opinion. Aaliyah Castellon is a junior at San Diego High School. She wrote an opinion piece for the UT this week about her experience with distance learning during the pandemic. So Aaliyah, you went back to school this week and for the first time in more than a year. What was that like? How did it go? Um, it was crazy. I remember I, my first period was math class and I happened to have the same teacher this year for math as I did last year. And just coincidentally, when there was like the loudspeaker announcement on like Friday, March 13th of 2020, I was in the same class. And then, so I had this like moment, first period where I was like, it's like been over a year, but I'm like back to where I was. And it felt kind of crazy to think that I was like a year older, but also in the same place. Um, but I mean, it was, it was really nice to like see people again. I mean, not all my friends are back at the same time, but just like, parking in the student lot and like walking with them to class was something that I, I didn't realize I missed it, but mm -hmm. I did. You wrote a little bit about your routine, um, you know, learning from home, sort of hopping out of bed a few minutes before class. I think more of us are guilty of that than we might want to admit, but can you just tell me more about what it was like, you know, learning at home for an entire year? Um, I mean, I think that I think compared to a lot of people, I actually had a positive experience because I had certain privileges like having a quiet space to myself in my room um, and my parents were able to work from home this whole time. Um, so I think in that sense, it went as well as it could have been. Um, but there's still, there's something about the, it switched so quickly from, I mean, I, it started when I was a sophomore, so I, I spent a lot of time in school going um, every single day, pretty much at the same time, 
for years of my life. Um, And then in like a split second, all of that changed, which is I think in the moment, I didn't like process how big a change it was. But then being back on campus, it was crazy just to think about how much like I've grown, but also like that it was so easy to jump back into the same routine of like going to school, like getting up and like, I never leave time to eat breakfast. And I'm like eating it as I'm running out of the house. And I was like, I did this for years. So it's like, I like jumped <laughs> into it quickly. Uh, that's good to hear. Well, you mentioned you had a good experience. I imagine some of your friends didn't. I mean, like, what have you heard from them? What have been the major challenges uh, for your peers? I think the hardest thing has just been motivation. Um, I think that like high school is hard for a lot of people, both like socially and academically. And in some sense, I think that there was a little bit of a break that people needed in terms of like just getting some time to figure out what we wanted to do on our own without having to see the same kids we've been at school with for years every single day. But then there's a certain point where it's like you kind of miss the random kids that you took classes with that you weren't that close with and you weren't gonna like talk to them outside of school but they were still there and they were like part of your school experience. So I think that's been really hard. And like, I think going to online school after having been in person, so I went on Monday, but then I was on online today. I was like, wow, it's a lot nicer to be in school. Um, So, I mean, I just heard like, I think we're all struggling with homework. Like all of us are just trying to manage our time, but it's harder when we're doing it like there's it's all up to us like I mean our teachers are good at teaching like the classes so during that like synchronous zoom time it's very structured but then on our own it's like here get all of this done but you don't have any sort of structure in your life besides going to zoom calls twice a day which I think has been difficult for a lot of people including myself but I've heard that from my friends too I've read some about, you know, the the mental health effects this has had, particularly on young people. Have you experienced anything like that or have any of your friends? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it would be impossible to go through a global pandemic without being impacted some way mentally. Um, I think it's also been for the first time in a lot of our education so far, We've, I think a lot of people were dealing with mental health issues before the pandemic and those were exacerbated by the pandemic, but also for the first time, we actually like had adequate time to like process it for better or for worse. So I think a lot of people realized that actually like I am stressed out and I didn't understand that I was stressed out before the pandemic, but now I'm more stressed because there's also a pandemic going on, but I'm also more aware that I'm stressed out. Um, So it's, I'm sorry I just think I I think everyone's experiencing it differently but I do think that the common thread is that it's been hard on everyone and it's been hard like like physically for a lot of people but I think like one equalizer across the board is that it's been like mentally difficult for everybody I've talked to regardless of their like individual experiences. Looking back on this in the future, not even related to school, but like if you're, you know, speaking to a young person in the future and you're, you're trying to describe this time they didn't live through, what do you think is going to be the thing that stands out to you the most about living through a global pandemic? Um, hmm, that's a difficult question. I think one, the thing that I've noticed most is 
uh, how important like key people in your life become. I think that when you're going to school or just in general, you're used to interacting on a very surface level with a lot of people. Um, you know, you just like are seeing people at restaurants and sometimes you have a conversation with them and it's just like, there's just a lot of interaction and that can be really tiring, but it's and it. Then it also makes it hard to see like, who are the people you actually want to spend the time with most. And I think that what I've learned most from the pandemic is like who my closest friends are, and obviously, I've like spent a lot more time with my family than I think a regular junior would, um, which has been huge. Um, so I would say just trying to maintain that through the rest of my life, I think will be really important. Just trying to prioritize hanging out with the people I care about most and not feeling like I have to do everything and see everyone all the time, which is kind of how it felt before all of this. Yeah. Very, very well said. Uh, Aaliyah Castellon, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. You can read these stories online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.